Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to have your word this morning on a special Christmas morning, and we welcome your presence. Thank you for being here, and I thank you that you're a healer, you're a deliverer. Uh, you are a savior, and you save us from things that try to trouble us, destroy us, cheat us, and steal from us. And uh, we thank you that to us, the greatest gift of all is the one that says, uh, from God. And we just want to say thank you for Jesus Christ, uh, the greatest gift that uh, brings us salvation. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would, take your Bible in your hand and hold it up with me and say this with me. This is my Bible. I'm going to be what it says I can be because it says I can be. It was written for me, for my correction, for my direction, and my soon coming resurrection. Oh, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 25, I don't know if you ever do it. Sometimes I'll take a proverb a day for a month and, and read that proverb and look for a verse or two in there that I can meditate on, that I can really stop and, and fellowship in, in the spirit with and just, uh, just draw something from it, allow it to nourish me, allow it to give me the wisdom that I may need for that day or the answer that I may need for the situations I've been going through. And today was Proverbs 25, being this the 25th. And I, as I started to turn there, I thought, wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't that be just like God if I got to Proverbs 15 and there was something that really literally related to the Christmas story and somehow related to the carriers of Christmas? And lo and behold, in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. And immediately, I changed my sermon. Immediately, instead of preaching on what I thought I was going to preach on, I preached on what he got me thinking about. And the reality is, is that we three kings, uh, we three wise men, or the magi, and I know, I understand, because in the last 10 years or so, somebody came up with a profound realization and a great understudy to let everybody know it does not say there were three. And matter of fact, everybody has come out to find out and say, it doesn't even say they're kings. It's amazing that we live in a culture that we spend more time and have more passion sometimes to find out what isn't instead of what is. But there are some magi. Why do we say three or why would somebody say three? There was three gifts. They're not really trying to say this is it for some spiritual understanding and some truth and some revelation. Just a reality that there are three gifts and perhaps there was more than one because it put it in a plural aspect. Then there could have been a hundred. There could have been two. We don't really know. But we do know this, that it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. Jesus saw this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. So seeking is an aspect of our responsibility. It's an aspect of the Christmas story because they sought him out. And there is a great seeking that takes place. I'm going to ask you to join me, if you would, in Matthew chapter 2. 
We're going to pick up in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, most likely by the time that you and I are sitting here right now in respect and in correlation to time that perhaps he would have already been born on that morning time. Maybe he got born in the nine eleven fifty nine. I'm not sure. But after Jesus was born, it's still part of the Christmas story. He was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod the king. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. So notice here we see the prophecy fulfilled. He was born, as Micah said in chapter 5, verse 2 in the prophecy, that he'll be born in Bethlehem. And he was born in Bethlehem. But then the passage says, in the days of Herod the king, the time frame given his understanding, but it starts to associate a king in the midst of this, we find out that we are to behold the wise men. Magi is plural, Magoa is, is the singularity of it, Majoya is the singular of it, but the reality is the best interpretation of them is wise men or kings. Kings from the aspect that they were powerful people. They had influence. They had means. They, uh, what they carried as the gifts there were very valuable gifts. And notice that's not all that they had because we'll find out in the story they opened up their treasures. Opened up their treasures. We'll find out more about them, but we do know that they came from the east. We know that they're wise men, and there's a very good possibility that they were very intellectual people and that they were seekers and searchers, and they, they knew a little bit about astrology. They relied a little bit more upon it then than we do in our daily day-to-day, but there's much in our region even. There's much study and research into space and understanding and allows us to understand where we are. These were very wise men from their time and from the east. It's interesting in Genesis chapter 25 to notice here that something occurred years ago in the foreshadowing time of the history of the people of God is that Abraham had some concubines and he also had a son by the name of Isaac. He had a son by the name of Isaac, which Isaac is a foreshadowing of Christ of Jesus and Abraham the father and the father of our faith and that they passed on the generation and Jacob becomes the offspring Israel the children of Israel in in Genesis chapter 25 in verse 5 it says and Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac but Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines which Abraham had and while he was still living he sent them eastward away from Isaac his son to the country of the east. You have a prophetic picture there. That in that early setting and order there is that he had the son, he gave all that he had to the son, and it was all as his, but the people were separated from him. And now you find these magi coming from the eastward way, coming from the east back to return the gifts. It's all about restoration. God sent Jesus Christ to restore people back to himself. Jesus is the door of Christmas. Jesus is the access point of return for all people. In Judges chapter 6, verse 3, you may say, well, that's just a kind of far cry there. But in Judges chapter 6, 3, I won't go with it this time. But it said that at times of war, that they would come from the east and they would fight against the children of Israel. There was conflict. There was contrast. The concubine sons were not happy with Isaac and Jacob and all of Israel. And they would have war with one another. 
But when Jesus comes, they come returning with gifts. They come returning with restoration. In verse 2, back in Matthew chapter 2, we're saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So we find that the magi that they are looking, they're searching for a king, a king of the Jews, or somebody of, of great honor, of great uh, 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 purpose and plan for the people, uh, of the, for the Jewish people. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So we see that they're seeking, they're seeking a king, but their purpose of coming is to worship. Their purpose to come is to worship the one. But there's something that they saw. There was something that was revelatory. How did these guys know? How did they know to seek? How did they know to search? They're, they're outcasts. They're, they're driven away. They're actually Gentiles compared to being the people of Jews, uh, the Jewish people. And, and Jesus is opening the door, not just for the Jewish people, not for Israel, but he's opening the door for all people. How did they know? They saw a star. The last Christmas carrier that I want to talk about this morning is a star. And I think that the star deserves a little bit of uh, attention here. The star appeared. It was, it, was, it was a light that was given. The light of the world had come. And even though he's a babe, there's, such a, there's, there's an illumination over his life. And the star was seen. Now, the star doesn't just show up. The star was prophesied about. We're living in days of fulfillment. In Numbers chapter 24, I'm going to pick up in verse 15. It was Balaam's fourth prophecy. So he took up his oracle and said. So he is getting ready to say what the Lord has spoken to him. The utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor, and the utterance of the man whose eyes were open, revelation, the utterance of him who hears the words of God. What he is literally saying, this utterance that I'm saying to you is from what I've heard from God and has the knowledge of the Most High who sees the vision of the Almighty who falls down with eyes wide open. He's overwhelmed and overcome by the words of God. Verse 17, this is what he said. I see him, capital H, but not now. Not, not, it's not right now. I see him. I see him in the future. I see him, but it's not right here. But I can see. I behold him, but it's, but it's not near. A star, capital S. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel, and batter the brow of Moab, and destroy all the sons of the tumult. He saw. Jesus coming. The star is still the light of Christ. It's still the revelation of Christ. It's a unique star. It's not a star that appears anymore. What you're seeing when he comes as a baby and he's coming in his humanity, the supernatural is still watching over him and hovering over him. It's revealing, bringing forth revelation of who he is. In Isaiah chapter 60, Another passage prophesying of this star and how the importance of the star uh, is. And these, these uh, magi are having a revelation, are having a supernatural ability to see into the spiritual realm. But it's not near. It's off. And they have to travel to find where this is. In Isaiah chapter 60, in verse 1, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for your light 
has come. I want to introduce to you, I want to invite you into, out of 2022 and into 2023, let it be a year of revelation. Let it be a year of illumination. Let it be a year that your eyes are open, that you see spiritually. For behold, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen. I have a promise for you this morning. It's a prophecy, but it's a promise that the earth not will be, but is covered with darkness. And it may not get any better. It might very well get worse, but your light has come. You will have revelation in this dark hour. Do not be despaired. Do not be uh, 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 troubled, but know that your light has come and the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. There's a saying that we pull out of Genesis that in Goshen there will be light, even though in Egypt there is darkness. Well, I've got a promise for you. No matter where you are, there's going to be darkness, but your Lord will watch over you. Your Lord will rise up over you. Your Lord will guard you. The Lord will bring, and somebody ought to shout a hallelujah, amen, because that's good news, friends. I got news for you. There ain't nothing sitting under the tree that can do that for you. I've gotten those deer uh, headlight spotter flashlights before. They ain't nothing like the glory of God. Come on, somebody. Verse three, the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I don't know about you, but I'm reading Balaam, the son of Beor. I'm reading Isaiah, the son of Amos. I'm reading these guys, and, and that's some pretty deep revelation that they could see Jesus and see that kings. You're saying, well, they shouldn't say we three kings. You better take that one up with Isaiah. Because he said kings will come at your brightness. They'll come because of the shining of your light. You see what's going on up there, that star is a fulfillment of prophecy. It's prophetic wonder, a supernatural swirl over their life and it's bringing revelation. And what it's ultimately doing is drawing people to Jesus. And when you and I walk in the light and we walk in revelation, if you wake up in the morning and God says, go back to sleep, I'm telling you, you're gonna be better off sleeping than getting out of your bed. But if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, God says, get up, get yourself a cup of warm milk and some crackers and go sit down and read the Bible. It's going to be better there than to be laying in your bed sleeping. But when you and I start walking outside of our house and the revelation that God's given us to love the unlovable, you get the picture. It's going to draw people to Jesus. The light will lead people to Jesus. They have come to worship. Verse three, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Now, I just want to kind of give you a, a, a change of scenery here. If you listen to Fox, CNN, the WJS, the Wall Street Journal, WSJ, the Wall Street Journal, you're going to hear something that's going to trouble you. If you don't believe me, try listening to it tomorrow. Something will trouble you. Can I get a witness? Yes. Notice what is being said here. Herod is troubled. By what? 
by the news of the arrival of Jesus. He's just a baby. He's just a child. He's just hearing that some people are come to worship. What's troubling him is that he's not being worshiped anymore. Is that somebody is looking for somebody else who has said that he will rule over his people. You and I have good news. We have good news to share with others. We can terrify the enemy by the good news that we have of Christ. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. Notice it wasn't just Herod, but all of Jerusalem was troubled by the hearing of these magi coming to worship the king of the Jews. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Very interesting. Here we find Herod knew enough who to call, knew enough when to call them, knew they would know enough to understand that this Christ was going to be born. But the interesting thing is the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious people, the Jewish people, knew the information, but they weren't looking for him. I think that we have a concerning matter in our day. I think we have a troubling situation is that we have a lot of people that know about Jesus, know that he came and yet know that he's coming, but they're not looking for him. They're not seeking him. This story is talking about seeking Jesus, looking for Jesus. It's relating to the fulfillment of prophecies and promises that he has given. I think, if anything, that we can walk away from here this morning with a greater sense of responsibility, maybe a greater sense of adventure to take an expedition and, and to go after and try to find a Jesus that we haven't seen before, that we haven't heard before, that we haven't yet found before, that we don't yet have the answers for, that we don't yet have the relationship with. There's people here that were troubled. It would be something like this. If I were to say on a Christmas morning that Jesus Christ is coming back, not everybody would be happy about that. It would trouble some people, but I want to do this and I don't yet have that. Come on, somebody. I'm not in any way trying to trouble the blessings and the favor. They come. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. Amen. So it was a very familiar scenario. So they said to him, he shall be born in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. We have it recorded. This guy prophesied this. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, he shall be born in Bethlehem. It says, but you, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. It's interesting, last night, Pastor Spencer spoke some on the, on the shepherds. One of the questions he arose is, why shepherds? Why did he show up to shepherds? And he gave some great ideas. 
Some great thoughts, the very fitting. I think one other reason is because they were shepherds. And shepherds understand sheep. And people are a lot like sheep throughout the scripture. But it also was simply because they said that Jesus would shepherd his people. And if Jesus was going to shepherd his people, but he was only going to live until he's 33 and a half years old, there's got to be some shepherds to help shepherd his people. And even at his birth, they start to shepherd the people. I mean, from his day one of life here on earth, they're shepherds to get the news and they're starting to corral people and tell people and to get people to come to Jesus. We need to be thinking as much as possible, how can I get people to Jesus? How can I get people together with Jesus? You see, to shepherd did not say to single out somebody, but to gather people together, to be a flock, to be a herd, to come together. Why? Because then we're safer, yes, but only then can we reproduce. As if we're shepherding and we're interacting with other people. So he's wanting people to come together. Amen? I want to commend you. I want to let you know I'm very proud of you as a shepherd, that you're here this morning on a Christmas Sunday morning. I applaud you. There were many who were here last night. We set it out. They're going to have a Saturday night and a Sunday morning. You could choose one or the other. There are some who were here that were here last night. I'm not in any way pointing out anybody who's not here, but I commend you that you have not let your traditions in any way trump over your custom of worshiping Jesus. I'm proud of you. So they said in Bethlehem, Judea, for it's written, he's going to shepherd his people. Verse 7, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, the three who were seeking, determined from them what time the star appeared. So the star wasn't always there. It was appearing. It was at a fulfillment of time. Mary came to the days of completion to where she's going to have Jesus. In the same setting here, the star appeared out of nowhere. Somebody was looking for it. You know, I think often of how much took place in the heavenlies, whether it be from an angel or the host of angels or whether it was a star and the things that happened in the heavenlies. And it was interesting, even last night, Pastor Whalen pointed out that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights above. And the, the graphic for Christmas Eve had just brilliant lights flying out of it, shooting out of the sky in the graphic up there. And, and Chris and, and Pastor Whalen hadn't had any conversation. Let's do this and do that to make it. No, God is confirmed what he's saying but he's the light of the world and he came out of the sky but there's a light up in the sky that's revealing where he's at look up from where comes your help from the very beginning they're looking up even though he's here your help still comes from there even though he's here his light is still there shining and illuminating his life he secretly called the wise men, determined them what time the star had appeared. The star is so intricate in carrying the gospel. 
and getting people to where they are. It makes me think quickly of Romans chapter one, and I won't go there today, but to realize that you can even find God in creation. You can find God in the firmament. You can find God all around you. There's evident signs. I told Gretchen coming over North Saudi this morning and looking out at those ducks on that frozen water. This is the first Sunday morning, hallelujah, praise God. I didn't see anybody fishing in Scottsboro on my way to church. But only a God of such infinite wisdom could create a duck that could sit there and be happy on that cold water. You can't go far without seeing the evidence of his creative power. He sent them to Bethlehem. Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. I think the ploy here in this whole passage is not just to seek him, and not even just to find him, but seek to worship him. Seek to worship him. He said, you guys go seek carefully. I think there's great instruction from Herod here. I think through the years, I've experienced a lot of coaching in my life. And quite often, I've found out that some coaches can never play as well as they can coach. And some coaches can't even play anymore, but they can still coach. Herod's really not in the game, but I'm still going to draw something from his plan. Seek him carefully. I want to encourage you to not read the scripture so fast this year. I want to encourage you to not time your prayer time this year. I want to encourage you to, to read it with care because you are now the carrier of this gospel. Carry it like you care. Carry it fully. Carry it to its fullest extent. I was having a thought this morning and just fellowshipping with the Lord and was having a realization that the fulfillment of something that God wants from me is really over here. He's already asked me about it here, but I'm just there. And I realized I hadn't fully carried it out. Most likely because I didn't fully care about where that would have carried me. Might not have been where I wanted to be. Thank goodness for the Magi who went the whole way. I mean, they got, listen to me, they got to Jerusalem and had the audience of Herod. Herod the Great. But they're looking for a, a child born as a king that nobody knows that he's a king, but they know there's a king coming, but they don't want the king to come. And, and these guys are coming from afar. So I'm going to ask you, encourage you to not worship from afar, but come to worship from afar. I'm going to ask you to consider and to think about bringing the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord this year. I'm going to ask you to consider how much further can you go in helping carry out the vision of this church the vision of our God, the vision of your, your home life, the vision of what God has blessed you and called you to do, where could we possibly get to? Because if we don't, we won't experience fulfillment. 
but yet it's going to be a year of fulfillment. We have responsibility to carry some things out. Amen? I want to encourage you to seek him carefully. Search for him. The Bible promises if you seek him, you will find him. But it does not promise if you find him, you'll worship him. But it does promise that when he comes, you will worship him. So why should we wait? Amen? But the worship is your choice. The worship is your, your, your praise. It's, it's your gift. It's your sacrifice. It's what you can invest into him. I encourage you to be very mindful of your worship this year. Very mindful. Seek him and search him carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, when you have found him, bring back word to me. You know, that's actually what's going to happen. That's actually what would be very congruent, consistent in the gospel story is that when the shepherds found him, they brought back word about him. Herod said, when you found him, He's a, he's a sharp man. He's a smart man. He's a knowledgeable guy. He has great, a lot of experience in life. He says, when you found him, he said, bring back word to me. And I think that we need to realize that our worship is not fully completed on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday night, or whatever hour or time you use on your daily basis if we haven't carried out what we found. We're to be spreaders. We're the ultimate spreaders. Matter of fact, I would like to see a spread happen this year. A, a global uh, swarming, uh, pandemic size gospel spread. Amen. You know, I love it, Brother Ken, every week when you send me a text. And then even the week that you don't send me one, you send one the next week and say, I forgot to send one to you last week, but two people got saved in the jail. Seven people gave their life to Jesus Christ. This happened, that happened. And I get reports from other people. And Denny tells me what happens at the love thy neighbors, where have you. We ought to be carrying out what we're receiving when we find him. Amen. He said, bring back word to me. Let's be carriers of his word. And then he said to them that I may come and worship him also. This is what I love about the Magi in comparison to Herod. They weren't worshiping for someone else. They were worshiping for themselves. You must worship for yourself. You must seek for yourself. You must find for yourself. It's another concerning matter throughout the history of Christianity in America. Well, I was born a Christian because I was born into a Christian family. You may live in a Christian family, but your Christianity is only going to come from your own discovery. Amen? I cannot make my sons nor my daughters Christians. I cannot save. My salvation cannot be their salvation. They must seek and find for themselves. Amen? But we know that Herod's ploying. We know that Herod has taken on the form of Satan himself, and he's trying to deceive these guys, and he's trying to mislead these guys, and he's really setting them up so he could annihilate and destroy. He doesn't want it to happen. 
But the idea here is that we seek him and search for him and that we worship him. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east. Not only will Jesus bring you in, he'll carry you out. Not only did Jesus bring you into peace and safety, he will keep you in peace and safety. The light stayed with them. The revelation of the star that has anointed and illuminated Jesus is now anointed and illuminating the Magi. The star is the star. It's, it's the, the ultimate uh, character in the story. It's carrying out the gospel plan, the Christmas story. Pastor Joel, if you'd join me, please. The king, when they departed, behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when the star, they, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I want to encourage you that when you have revelation of Jesus Christ, walk it out, live it out, let it take you to the next stage, the next point. And when you see the star, notice here the star led and then the star was seen. The star will lead you into what God has for you to do, but at some point you have to see the star again. My point is this, don't take the glory for what you do. If what you, if what you arrive to, what you, your end result is, or what you come to in fulfillment and you don't see Jesus, something's missing, amen? But when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great rejoicing. I know that we have exuberant worship around here. I know that we have extraordinary worshipers around here. But wouldn't that be something if somewhere along the course this coming year and this careful search of Jesus that we all have an exceeding great joy? That we all have a, 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 an abounding worship and a, a joyful experience with Jesus Christ? I'm not saying in any way that it has to be public. I'm not asking you in any way to try to imitate or, or to emulate or any way try to build some look of a worship. That's not what I'm asking you to do. But wouldn't it be exciting? Have you ever dreamed of a white Christmas? Have you ever had a figment in your imagination of the perfect Christmas scenario? Come on, I have. Come on, just be real with me. Maybe we could get a glimpse in our eyes. What would a moment of worship be like that the Magi had when they discovered, when they saw the star, when they found Jesus, just like when the shepherds had an angelic appearance and when they found Jesus, and it may not look exactly like that, but I think we can have the fulfillment of that. My hope for you, if I could wrap it up in a box if I could case it in a little hinged box or whatever way you like your gifts to come, that you could have that experience this year. Perhaps today. Perhaps sometime tonight. Perhaps March 13th in 2023. I don't know. But that would be my hopes to you is that you would see the star. 
that you'd find the wonders of Christ, that you'd experience the fulfillment, that you would have uh, exceeding, great, rewarding experience with his presence. That would be my desire for you. If they had one, it's in the story. I believe we can have one also. I know you may be saying, I've already had mine. Thank God he's not a one and done Jesus. Amen. There's so much more. Which they seen the east until it came and stood over the young child. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. Hopefully, our worship will go to another level. Hopefully that our worship will go to another level, maybe not as how we evaluate things. When we think another level, we think higher. We think further, and they all have their place. But notice these guys, they're following a star. It appears over the young child, and they fall, and they worship him. They humble themselves. They lower themselves. They're in awe that they have found the king of kings. Not just king of the Jews, king of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, that we would come to a place of exceedingly great joy. We also come to a place of a deep worship this year because I believe he deserves it all. I'm utterly amazed at what he has done, what he has brought to us, who he has become to us, and who he has allowed us to be. They worshiped him. Seek till you worship. Seek to worship. Amen? As you stand to your feet. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when they had opened their treasures... They came from the east. It's very good, great high possibility they came from Sheba. Maybe you've heard of Sheba before. The queen of Sheba came to Solomon. Solomon, who had everything, needed nothing. Isaac, who had everything, needed nothing. Jesus, who has all things, need of nothing. It's not what he needs. It's what we need. It's what we need to unload. It's what we need to release. It's what we need to, to, to give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. How many of y'all have ever had that experience that you realize, oh my goodness, I'm not like I used to be. It's not about what am I getting, it's about what I get to give. That was maturity, right? That was maturity. And here, most likely, those magi came from Sheba. They came from a place of great wealth and of great power, but they came and they gave like she gave in that moment. But what did they give? They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold recognizes the value on earth, his humanity. He is the king of the Jews. And so they give him of great wealth. Frankincense recognizes the spiritual deity of who he is. It is, it is that which would be used to represent the fragrance of righteousness 
and holiness. So they are worshiping and valuing and honoring and respecting who he is, the son of man, who is also the son of God, the deity is amongst them. And myrrh, most likely you know this, was an embalming oil. It was something that recognized the death. The life of Christ as humanity, the three years that he's gonna walk in the supernatural and the death. It was something recognizing the three stages of the life of Jesus. But most likely, in the simplicity as it lived out, instead of being some big spiritual thing for Mary and Joseph to realize of those around, not that they didn't, but it was also what got them the money to travel to Egypt. When they're warned, you better get out of here. Now that your days of purification are over, Mary, you better get out of here, Joseph, and take them to Egypt because there's somebody who wants to kill them. But they had the travel, they had the funds to do what they needed to do. Our giving matters. Notice here, it's not just worship, 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 but it's sow and give, contribute. That's part of our worship. It's how the kingdom works. It worked that way for them. It's going to work that way for us. I had a dear friend tell me just recently that they were in connection with a, with a great need, a serious need, financial need. And they were carrying out their responsibilities and, and actually had already done their giving and gave, even when there really didn't seem to be any sense or any logical reason that now would be the time to give. They went ahead and gave financially, significantly. They were walking to their mailbox where they do their business and, and, and putting in and sending off their bills, their responsibilities. And on the way to the mailbox, it said, sure, it'd be nice if there was something in there. And lo and behold, open it up, $10,000 check in the mail. Unexpected, unexpected. You cannot outgive God. You can't outdo God. So why not try? Why not try? He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. I'm declaring over you 2023 to be the greatest year of your life yet. Yet. And it'll only get better and better and better. And he's the God of the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. He's the God of your natural needs. He's the God of your spiritual needs. And he's the God of your eternity. Amen. You have, listen to me, you ain't got nothing to worry about. They opened their treasures and presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. May I mind you, as I'm sure you're already planning, give to Jesus today. Give to Jesus. Verse 12. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. The same God who divinely leads you, who will divinely inform you, who will bring revelation to you is the same God who will warn you of what's, trying to, what's going to try to get you. Amen. What I saw in this is that even though 
Herod was ploying an entrapment and even to the point to kill Jesus, these guys still had enough peace because peace on earth, they had enough peace, they could sleep. The last I checked, you can't dream without sleeping. I want to speak peace over you, that you'd be able to rest, that you wouldn't toil, that you wouldn't be troubled, that you'd be able to rest. The scripture says that he gives sleep to his beloved. Father, I ask now in the wonderful name of Jesus, shalom, shalom, peace, peace over every heart, over every mind, over every soul, over every nervous system in the sound of my voice, I speak peace. I speak to anxiety to vanish, worry to flee, doubt to be cast out and removed from every heart, mind, and soul. I declare that everything that was old be passed away, for Jesus has come to fulfill all things. Lord, I ask that you'd stir it in our hearts this morning to seek you like we've never sought you before. Read, pray, worship, attend, that we would give ourselves to the pursuit of who you are. And I'm asking for divine revelation and divine warnings over our lives. May the supernatural be evident in our lives, present in our lives. And Lord, I ask you that we could carry your word to regions near and far and spread it, that we would be infectious in a very healthy way with the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for being our hope. And thank you for being our peace. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can pray this prayer with me as we all pray it together. A beautiful prayer. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Savior. I choose you to be my Lord. And I ask you, forgive me of all of my sins. And Lord Jesus, live in my heart. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and cause his face to shine upon you and be a star to you. And may he lighten your way and your path and give you the revelation that you need to him and of him and for him. And may the Lord our God give you protection, give you power, give you purpose. May the Lord our God give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas. We love you.